And it was at that point where I started having the allergic reactions from both the, the urine and the sweat. Well, and at this point, the tears as well, because I was always crying. <laughs> I always say to my family, it's like I'm it's like I'm playing a video game, but I'm on the most impossible level. And there's no cheats. Hello, you're on Wait, You What? Where every episode you hear a story from someone that's going to make you do a double take like that. Whether it's about their lived experience, their journey of self-discovery, or their expertise, the idea is that you'll get a new perspective or learn something along the way. Hit me up on Instagram if you have any thoughts on the episode. You can find my details in the show notes. Let's get into it. Getting caught in the rain. It kind of sucks, right? You checked the weather this morning and it said fine and sunny, but here you are, walking home without an umbrella or a jacket, getting rained on. It's a pretty shitty feeling, but in the scheme of things, you would probably only class it as a minor inconvenience, right? I mean, you'll get home, dry off, and watch TV on the couch with half a bucket of honeycomb ice cream. But for a few people in this world, getting caught in the rain can literally be debilitating. I'm Nia Selway. I'm 23 years old and I am from the south of England. I am a chronic illness, lifestyle and beauty YouTuber. And I live with an illness called acrogenic pruritus, which means I have an allergy to contact with water. Yeah, contact with water. Skin contact, that is. So anything like crying, weeing, sweating bathing and rain, Nia has an extreme allergic reaction to. And what does an allergic reaction to water feel like? It comes in stages. So when I first have the contact with water, within five minutes of the contact with water, it will definitely start to prickle and I'll just start to feel like an uncomfortableness in my skin, almost like I've touched a stinging nettle or something like that. You can just feel that something's wrong. Um, and then within another five or 10 minutes, an itch, a, you know, an uncontrollable itch, but that will be in addition to the prickling that initially came, if that makes sense. And then the third stage I say is like a burn. It's a, it's underneath the skin, a burning that I feel can't be itched. It can't be got to or relieved. It's just an overall feeling of your body just being absolutely on fire. And the key thing is uncontrollably. There is nothing that soothes it. There's nothing you can do. It's just an ongoing pain. I, I also say that sometimes it comes with a stinging, which feels very much like bee stings, but it, it's all very common of what people describe allergy pains to feel like, I suppose. After an allergic reaction, Nia is often very exhausted. It takes it out of her and she might be physically sick or have a migraine or have to rest for days. I'm very, I become very immobile. Like I, I can't do anything. Like the best I can do really is kind of drag myself to the toilet. And even then I'm very uncoordinated, very shaky and just not well. <laughs> I just, it's hard. Nia's reactions have gotten especially bad over the last few years. For a long time, I still maintained a life. Like I still was working full time for quite a while after I got my diagnosis. I think I kept at it for, I think, about two years after I initially got my diagnosis. But it was as time went on, I steadily started getting all of these other triggers that were coming in. So 
whilst I was working full time and I was living my, I say, normal life, I started having allergic reactions to my to my urine. And that obviously started causing so many problems because every time I would get up from my desk, I'd go to the toilet. I wouldn't be back for an hour. They'd be like, where is she? And I'm I'm just in the toilet itching. Do you know what I mean? It's, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. It got to a point where they knew to find me in the disabled bathroom. I'd just be laid on the bed, just itching. <laughs> they knew, oh, Nia's been to the toilet. So it got to a point where that, you know, I couldn't maintain that. It was so you know, that poor company, they were probably like, we're paying this girl to work and she's always itching. Like, But Nia wanted so bad to just live a normal life and work full time like a normal person. I still tried to keep it up for a while because I was in denial for a bit. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> then, um, then I started having the allergic reactions to my sweat and working in an office that got difficult because there's always, you know, fights over the air conditioning and stuff like you can never maintain one temperature so it got really really difficult for me to handle um and it was at that point where I started having the allergic reactions from both the the urine and the sweat that they were like well and at this point the tears as well because I was always crying <laughs> I was always I was always in pain. I, like they got used to me just walking through the office, like, oh, Nia's tear stained again. Like it just, it just very quickly became like something that I couldn't cope with. All of my symptoms got so serious very quickly. And it was just like, wow, I think I might have to take, take some time off. Like it just wasn't working out. I always say to my family, it's like I'm it's like I'm playing a video game, but I'm on the most impossible level and there's no cheats. There's no cheats. <laughs> you probably have a lot of questions, like, so how does Nia bathe? How does she clean herself? How does Nia live? What causes a water allergy? And is there a cure? Today on Wait You What, we hear how Nia went from getting laughed at by her doctors for suggesting she had a water allergy, what it felt like to be gaslit into thinking that she was the problem, that she was making it up, to finally being taken seriously and chasing the treatment she deserves. It first started when I was about five years old. I started experiencing quite severe pain after every occasional shower. So it didn't happen every single time. Um, but every so often, I'd say like every one in 10 showers, I was coming out of the shower and just being in so much pain. Nia would go to her mum and tell her that she was in pain. And I mean, what do you do as a parent in that situation? It's such a bizarre thing for your child to say to you. It took a while for Nia's mum to realise there was something here that wasn't going away, and that was when they went to the doctor. Nia already had eczema, so they thought maybe this has something to do with that. But when they spoke to the doctor, the doctor didn't really offer any insight. They kind of just said, try and make sure that you're not using any perfume soaps and things that could potentially be aggravating your already sensitive skin. So we took that and we went home and, you know, I just slowly eliminated everything from my routine just to kind of try and work it out almost and try and find a pattern. But things only started getting worse. The reactions were more extreme each time and they were happening more regularly too. It eventually got to the point where I wasn't using anything 
in my shower because I realized you know even with just you know an eczema friendly soap and things like that I was still having the pain every so often so we got to the point where I was just having my baths and my showers with water just to see and there were some occasions where I was still coming out of the bath or the shower in so much pain and we were saying well what can it be then if it's just water it it surely is just the water and we went back to the doctors and we started to say to them like we think you know there's nothing else that we're using we think potentially it's the water but this suggestion it didn't fly with the doctors they didn't take it seriously I remember being quite young I recall a few occasions where the doctors sort of like laughed at me almost responded to me saying that I think it's the water they responded to it like I was joking and I really wasn't like I was just kind of trying to you know as much as them make sense of it. Nia and her mum were like well maybe we are wrong maybe we are being crazy here if the doctors don't know about it if they can't validate us then they must be right right? The doctors weren't like oh okay that makes sense they were kind of brushing off what I was saying and laughing it off and just kind of looking at me like I was a little bit crazy and it's just it was really difficult because obviously my mum didn't know much better like she didn't know if that a water allergy was a thing she kind of relying on the doctors to almost like validate what you're thinking and they didn't. So without getting any answers because there weren't any answers Nia just tried to keep living her life. As she entered her teenage years, she tried to live normally, but she was really suffering. It started to get more and more frequent as I got older. So it was happening nearly every time I was having a shower now or any contact with water. And it was just getting to the point where I was kind of like, I definitely convinced myself at one point, like, maybe this is normal and maybe this happens to other people and maybe I'm just exaggerating or like because no one was validating what I was saying or you know assuring me that it wasn't normal or that what I was saying made sense so I definitely reached a point where I was like almost in denial that it was happening because my doctors were. But then Nia had a moment she calls it the defining shower and it was when she realized that no this was not normal. I remember coming out of the shower into my bedroom and I was on my bed and I was in so much pain, like more pain than I had ever known to be possible. Like I was absolutely in agony. And I remember just thinking, this isn't normal. Like no matter what they think or what they've told me, this isn't fair or normal. And I just remember like, I got a bit of a fire in my belly that day. I I had a realization like, actually I've been lied to all this time. Like, and I've been, I've been believing that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm this or I'm that I'm a, a liar, exaggerator, hypochondriac, all of these things that they were making me out to be when really I was just not well. And that day was very defining for me because I remember just kind of thinking, right, It was business time. Nia had, of course, researched her symptoms before, but because the doctors had told her for so long that it wasn't really a thing that she was talking about, she was discouraged. And when she was researching, she was often in the middle of an allergic reaction, unable to focus and in pain. But now it was different. Nia was going to go deep. I said to myself, I'm going to search and search and search. I don't care how long it takes me until I find something. You know, even if they've just written into like a, a Reddit forum or something like that like I just wanted something and then after some deep deep searching 
bingo. I eventually came across this girl who was in Utah in the USA and she had been diagnosed with acrogenic urticaria. So it's very similar to my condition, but it's one that you come up invisible hives. So it's like you get the, the red welts on your skin as well. So it's a bit more like it's almost easier to get a diagnosis because you have something to show the doctors. When I read how she was describing the pain and how she was describing her life, I was like, wow, I found my people. <laughs> like, I, it was such a moment. I just felt so relieved. I just felt like, oh my God, thank God I... I have something, uh, you know, I know that I'm speaking some some level of sense here. All those years that Nia thought she was crazy, that she was overreacting, that people implied she was a hypochondriac, she was right all along. So I printed, I remember I printed it out and I made an appointment with my doctors, the ones who had been laughing at me all this time. Um, and I, I went back to them and I said, look, like I found this girl. There's such thing as a water allergy. She has a diagnosis. And I just said to them, have you heard of this illness or, you know, have you looked into this illness at all? And I remember the doctor, she went white as a ghost. Like she was so embarrassed. I remember she she was just sort of like, oh, okay, right, okay, I'm going to look into that now. Like, just so embarrassed, like, acting really proactive. Um, and I remember by the end of that appointment, she was like, we're going to refer you to a specialist in London, a skin specialist. Um, and it was only then that when I got referred on to a bigger hospital in London and a different doctor that I actually eventually, um, I think in 2015, at the age of 17, I got a diagnosis of acrogenic pruritus eventually. That is when I started my YouTube and started to document things. So I realised that I'd spent all that time being not listened to. I realised that there must be other people out there who were going through this. And I just kind of felt like, right, let me put my experience out there so people can learn from it, people can feel comforted by it, whatever it may bring to people. I just wanted to start sharing it. Wow. I love, I love this idea. In my mind, you printed out that sheet of paper and walked into the doctor's office and like slammed it on the desk and like slid it forward to them. Listen to me. (laughs) I love that. You know, like it's such a moment of power, first of all, believing yourself and then doing something about it. I'm sure you get this question all the time, but you mentioned bathing. How do you clean yourself? I aim to take a shower or a bath at least once a week but it it heavily depends on the condition of my skin. You know, some weeks I'll have five days out of the week where I am, you know, having allergic reactions all day, every day. And I come to the end of the week when it, you know, when it comes to bath day and my skin is all torn up and it it doesn't make sense to do that to my skin when it's in poor condition, because it will be so much more painful. So there are some weeks where I would kind of lengthen the time between taking a bath um, but as a rule, I say once a week, that's what I aim for. Nia gets asked a lot whether a bath is better than a shower or vice versa. Well, the answer is they both suck. With taking a bath or a shower, I kind of switch it up at the moment because I'm finding, I used to find that baths were less painful for me. But as time's gone on, I've kind of found that they're both really painful. I know what you're thinking. Without being rude, um, If someone's bathing only once every few weeks, how are they not really stinky? Don't worry, Nia's got it covered. On a daily basis, I use like a, um, 
it's like a no rinse body bath solution like like you'd get for people who are bed bound and in care I use that on like my on my major areas like I use it mainly for my armpits and like any areas that just need to be cleaned more frequently but I've found that as long as I use it on harder skin like my armpits I find that it doesn't irritate me so that has been an absolute lifesaver for me on a daily basis so if you got a drop of water on your skin would you feel the sensation all over your body or on that patch so when I initially get a drop of water say if I got the drop of water on my arm so even if I wipe that water off get that water off immediately the fact that it's had contact with my skin means that I'm I'm most likely going to feel it sometimes it will just be in that spot where the where the water is dropped onto and it will just itch and burn and do the do its little thing in that area which you know I can maybe do other things whilst I'm doing that it's not quite as debilitating as when I've had a bath and it's on my entire body um but it definitely does spread in some cases so I usually know within the first five ten minutes or so if it's going to be a, a spreader, one that's going to share with the share the pain with the rest of my body. As for treatments, over the last six years, Nia's seen a few. We started off with medications. Like, firstly, they started off with antihistamines to try and like combat it from the allergy side of things. We tra- we tried painkillers, didn't work. We tried. Uh, they've put me on medications for epilepsy and stuff like that. Like some really strong heavy medications that really like there's quite solid points of my life that I just don't remember during these times where I was on medication and really heavy medications like I can look back at my old videos and there's some videos I straight up just do not remember life like I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking I don't remember this at all um I have been under treatment with the NHS for over six years now that's the UK's healthcare system national health service and while it's been pretty good because it's been free like Australia's healthcare system there's not much that they can offer Nia that's left that she hasn't tried already they describe me as a very severe case of of acrogenic pruritus they've got to a point where they they kind of stare at me quite blankly now like they just don't know where to go next. Like they're very much focused on coaching me to live with it rather than looking to improve my symptoms, which I've done a lot of counselling with them and stuff. And I feel that there's only so much coaching you can do. Nia doesn't want to give up on trying to find answers just yet. She's not ready to say, well, okay, this is my life and I have to live with it. Her options were looking pretty bleak until someone messaged her out of the blue. Last year, one of my subscribers, it was late last year, one of my subscribers reached out to me from YouTube and said to me, um, she was from Germany, and she said that she'd found a clinic that specialised in pruritus and they take applications. Just recently, Nia applied and she got accepted. So she headed to her first consultation in Germany. They felt very confident that they have more options available to them being obviously abroad and being a private clinic that they can they can test a lot more thoroughly to make sure that we're treating the correct illness and while it's a really long road ahead 
and there are a lot of unknowns still. With this new clinic, Nia feels like finally she might be about to get some answers. There's certain things that I haven't been tested for. So autoimmune diseases, um, things like things like lupus, things like mast cell activation syndrome. There's lots of things that could be the cause of an itch like mine. It does make sense that there is maybe something else going on, which would maybe explain why none of my treatments have been effective. Worst case scenario, it could be one of these more scary illnesses. It, the situation really does take a turn if that is the case, um, because not only does it add an element of like danger to the situation, but it's gonna cost a, a lot of money. And since it's a private clinic, it's pretty hard for Nia and her family to pay for the treatment. She's got a GoFundMe. I'll leave it in the show notes if you feel like you want to take a look. Even if it's just sharing it online, if it's just, you know, telling my story on my behalf to other people and helping me get the word out, it really could be life-changing for me. So just thank you for hearing my story. And if you're going through a difficult medical journey right now, Nia has some advice for you. It sounds so cliche, but just keep going at you know whichever stage of your illness you're at whether you're you know fighting for a diagnosis whether you're going through treatment which is proving difficult or if like me you're trying to scrape money out of nowhere just to just to get some treatment like just keep going because each day as you as you know is different and from one day to the next miracles can happen I believe that as long as you have belief in what you're going through as long as you believe that you are coming out of this and learning to be a stronger more resilient person I think we can do it it's worth us keep going you know there are certainly days where I wake up and I'm in bed like what is the point I don't want to get up today I can't be bothered because some days do just feel a little bit pointless when you're dealing with ongoing illness but only you will fight for you in the way that you will, if that makes sense. Like you are your biggest advocate and the doctors are only going to hear you if you keep waving your arms and shouting. Do you know what I mean? Like you deserve to be heard. And I just think that on the days that you're feeling like you can't quite do it, come to my YouTube channel. There's a community of us over there and we're all going through it. And just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. We can do this together. You know it. Wait You What is written, recorded, produced by me, Erica Mallet. You can come find me on Instagram. Say hello. Make a suggestion. I really like to hear your feedback and topic suggestions and just have a chat. At the moment, I release one of these episodes every second week. But every first week, I was kind of playing with the idea of releasing an episode talking about some of my own personal experiences or going over news stories of the week that were surprising or confusing or interesting. Let me know if this is something you might be interested in, because I don't know yet. Anyway, can't wait to hear from you and I'll see you on the next episode of Wait, You What?